I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Discovery. Time flies when you're learning super cool stuff. I'm Nate. And I'm Callie. If you're dropping in for the first time, welcome to Curiosity, where we aim to blow your mind by helping you to grow your mind. If you're a loyal listener, welcome back. Today, you'll learn about urban greening, a new sci-fi-like crystal that'll make things move without electricity, and Darwin's paradox. Without further ado, let's satisfy some curiosity. Did you know that we are in the middle of what some scientists are calling an insect apocalypse? I've heard that insect populations are on the decline, but I didn't know it was that bad. It could be. By some estimates, as we humans transform the planet, we're losing up to 2% of the insect population every year. And while some folks might not love the creepy crawlies, there is no question that this is a massively bad thing for our planet. It's all about the food chain, right? Sure. Biodiversity is what keeps our whole world thrumming. Think about it this way. Bugs like grasshoppers and moths and bees not only help pollinate plants, They also provide a meal for larger animals like mice and birds and frogs. And those little guys feed bigger creatures like foxes and snakes. Up the food chain we go, right? So in other words, if there aren't any bugs, there's no food at the bottom of the chain. And that ripples up. No food at the bottom is bad news for us at the top. Insects make up around two-thirds of all animal species on Earth. If they just disappeared, well, you can imagine. Okay, so far this isn't the most cheery story we've ever done. I'm hoping you have some good news. Well, I just might. Agricultural researchers in Melbourne, Australia, wanted to know more about something called urban greening. Okay, that's where cities turn, like, old parks or urban spots into gardens, right? Yeah, yeah, mostly. Um, you, You take an old empty lot or parking lot or an abandoned park, and you basically just add plants. And by all accounts, cities that take on these projects see a ton of benefits. It's not just more beautiful and clean, but it's more alive. The people who live in the city also tend to feel happier when their surroundings are full of color and life. Nobody wants to sit in an old abandoned lot, I guess. So these researchers, led by Dr. Louise Mata, started to realize that as positive as these urban greening projects seemed to be, there just wasn't any data to support it. You mean no one had really studied the effects of these projects? Exactly. And what better way to find data on something than to conduct the study yourself? So that's what they did. They found a little spot in the city that had some grass and two little trees. Sure, not a bad place to start. They added new topsoil and loosened up the old compacted dirt. Then they fertilized and added organic mulch. And then they planted 12 indigenous plant species. Okay, so it got like a biodiversity facelift. Bingo. And it paid off really quickly. After the first year, the new plants supported nearly five times as many insect species. (laughs) It's like a literal field of dreams. Plant it and they will buzz. (laughs) Well, I mean, and this is nothing. After three years, three of the plant species had died out or been removed, but the remaining plants supported over seven times as many insect species as before. And not only that, but the entire little ecosystem was balancing. 
And that's kind of the bigger picture here. Like I said, we already know that there are benefits to these urban greening projects, but with the help of studies like these, people have more proof that they can take to their city leaders to advocate for more. I can imagine little pocket parks or rooftop gardens everywhere. Exactly. If we can make life better for the bugs, that goodness will drive up the food chain and make life better for all one and a half million animal species on the planet. Imagine a drone flying overhead that's being powered not by electricity, but by a laser beam and a bunch of crystals. Um, <laughs> that, uh, that sounds like, is this from a movie? Like a new sci-fi movie? Is this an actual thing? Well, it could be. Scientists at the University of Colorado in Boulder have developed what they call a middleman-free material that turns light energy into mechanical motion, eliminating the need for electricity or heat. Okay, so let me get this straight. So if somehow you could put this stuff in like a car engine instead of gas, you would just need light? Yeah, yeah that's the idea. It's called a photomechanical material. That's just another way of saying that it uses light to create motion. When light hits it, it moves. And not only that, its own motion can move other things too. It could be a huge game changer for all kinds of industries, from robotics to aerospace to biomedicine and more. Okay, it sounds pretty cool, but I will be honest, I am definitely having a hard time getting my head around what's actually going on here. Okay, okay. So, the material is composed of tiny organic crystals embedded in a flexible, sponge-like polymer. A polymer, as a reminder, are large molecules made by bonding a series of building blocks. When light hits it, the crystals they've arranged can bend, lift, and exert force on objects much larger than themselves. For example, they used about 0.02 milligrams of the crystals to lift a little ball that was 20 milligrams. Okay, wow. Uh, I mean, that doesn't sound like a lot of weight, but if my math is right, that means these crystals moved something that was a thousand times their weight? Ooh, hey, that's some pretty good number crunching. Yes, and that's what makes scientists so excited about this. Uh, think about this. Most gasoline engines don't even have an energy efficiency of 50%. When most cars burn gasoline, sometimes as little as 20% of the energy produced goes to actually moving the car forward. So where does the other 80% go? Right out of the tailpipe and into the atmosphere is heat energy. Ugh, you're telling me that every dollar I spend on gas, I'm just <laughs> wasting 80 cents of it? Uh, around 80 cents. So if you could make something move without having to deal with the heat and weight of combustion, that would be pretty cool. So that's where these crystals come in. The truth is that researchers have been working with photomechanical materials for years. The ability to power something with light is like the holy grail of mechanics, but nothing in the past has worked quite as well as this new material. The crystals are durable, crack-resistant, and respond quickly to light exposure. Great. So when can I start shooting my car with laser beams and zipping <laughs> silently across the freeway? Okay, so, so not so fast. So this material could power drones, vehicles, or medical devices in the future. But right now, they can basically only go from flat to curved. That sounds less <laughs> useful, honestly. Not sure how you'd power a drone with that. Yeah, but it's not nothing. Um, they are working to improve its ability to be controlled and its energy efficiency. And no matter where they are in the process, the fact that they're in development at this very moment is a pretty huge milestone. So when these materials are finally in use, I have an important question. Mm-hmm. Can I be the guy who shoots the lasers? <laughs> the freaking lasers on their heads. Yes. Sure thing, Dr. Evil. Yeah, you got it. Thank you. <laughs> 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Now I'm going to take you far out into the Pacific Ocean nearly 200 years ago. I'll get my sun hat. Well, you might need a snorkel, actually, because we're going just below the surface with legendary naturalist Charles Darwin. He obviously uncovered about a bajillion mysteries of the natural world in his travels, including the secrets and observations that unlocked the theory of evolution. But there was one head-scratcher that he just couldn't solve, and it's called Darwin's Paradox. That would actually make a great name for a blockbuster movie. Well, oh, sure. I mean, it might not be as heart-racing as something starring Dwayne Johnson, but it is a mystery that's taken nearly 200 years to solve, and it's all about coral reefs. Right, okay. Probably not a subject for an action-packed thriller, but coral reefs are absolutely essential for life on the planet, right? They are incredibly important. They're considered the ocean's nurseries. They create massively biodiverse ecosystems that are home to thousands of species of plants and animals, many of which go there to spawn. They also protect shorelines from damaging waves and storms. They filter and clean the water, and they could be hiding new medicines to treat all sorts of diseases and disorders. And check this out, by some estimates, more than half a billion people across the globe depend on the coral systems for food, jobs, and coastal defense. But that number is probably low when you take into account everyone who lives on a diet rich in seafood. Holy cow. Okay, I knew they were important, but I didn't realize just how important. Right? And here's the thing that had Darwin so confused about the coral. They can thrive even when the water around them is basically dead. Okay, what do you mean? Imagine spending a year in a barren wasteland where there is pretty much nothing to eat. It's all just dust and salt. But instead of shriveling up and dying, you actually grow and thrive. Okay, that is weird. So that's Darwin's paradox? Bingo. People often think that coral is plants, but they're actually little animals that build up extensive and often beautiful exoskeletons. Those are the, the spiny things we all think of when we think of coral reefs. So animals live in there. Well, yeah. And like I said, those little guys can keep on growing even when the water is out of nutrients. And scientists have finally figured out this little magic trick of theirs. It turns out there is a microscopic algae that makes its teensy little home inside the <laughs> coral. And in a series of experiments, the researchers realized that these algae are actually digesting nutrients on behalf of the coral. And then the coral is digesting some of the algae. Symbiosis! Exactly. The coral provides a home to these little guys, and then the algae feeds the coral. The thing that they were missing is that the algae can eat all kinds of things that the coral can't. The best way to think about this is like you're growing a basil plant in your house. The basil can suck up sunlight and carbon and nitrogen from the soil. Yeah, not exactly the stuff I'm cooking up for dinner. Right. And the plant will turn all that stuff that you can't eat into, well, basil, which you can eat. So the coral are vegetarians? Well, not only that, but they grow their gardens inside their own cells. And that's why Darwin, and just about everyone else trying to solve this puzzle, failed to figure it out. Okay, so we've all heard the awful stories of coral reef die-offs lately. If they can live in nutrient-poor water because of their hidden algae gardens, why are they dying? 
There are a lot of reasons for that. The water temperature is increasing to a level they're not used to. The acidity is changing. There are fewer and fewer nutrients and, you know, kind of a weird twist. In some places, there are actually too many nutrients, which can also damage coral. I mean, I guess coral can't just unbutton its pants when it's had too much to eat. Yeah, not exactly. <laughs> uh, in fact, while this study sheds light on the mechanism that allows these coral reefs to thrive in nutrient-poor waters, it also paints a dark picture for the future because the nutrients that those algae are feeding on are actually at risk of decreasing dramatically because of surface warming. So it would be like if that basil I'm growing in my kitchen doesn't get the water or fertilizer it needs, we both end up starving. Yeah, exactly. And the fact is, as resilient as coral has proven to be, it still depends on consistent climate and water conditions to survive. And because so much of the ocean's biodiversity and so many humans depend on it, we need to do all we can to protect it. Well, studies like this are at least a step in the right direction. Let's recap what we learned today to wrap up. By planting just a dozen new native plants, researchers in Melbourne, Australia, watched in awe as a wave of buzzing biodiversity returned, finding that greening even small urban spaces can yield bug bounties that benefit birds, bats, and beyond. The study confirms that a little urban greening can go a long way, offering data-driven hope that cities worldwide can be havens, not deserts, for insects and ecosystem health. Scientists at CU Boulder are giving machines superpowers. Their latest invention allows tiny crystals to harness the power of light and lift objects a thousand times their weight, no batteries required. This breakthrough technology paves the way for futuristic applications like wirelessly controlled robots and drones powered simply by shining a laser. Charles Darwin was flummoxed by how coral reefs thrive in tropical seas with few nutrients. But new research shows the secret is that corals farm algae living inside them for food digesting their little symbionts to harvest nitrogen and phosphorus when the algae consume and store more than they need from the surrounding waters. These findings solve the long-standing mystery of Darwin's paradox while revealing coral's potential Achilles heel as global warming and nutrient pollution could starve reefs of the critical compounds they depend on algae to provide. Curiosity Daily is produced by Wheelhouse DNA for Discovery. You can find our show wherever you get your podcasts, and we'd love if you could leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Our Discovery Executive Producer is Christina Bavetta. Our Wheelhouse DNA Executive Producer is Cassie Berman. This show is hosted by Callie Gade and Nate Bonham. Our producer is Kiara Noni, and our associate producer is Kimaya Floyd. Writing is done by Jed Bookout and Sam Osterhout. Our researcher is Marla Friedson. Sound design, audio engineering, and editing by Nick Carissimi. I'm Nate Bonham. And I'm Callie Gade. We'll see you next week.